Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Matt Shapiro. A few months ago, the Jewish Federation in New York shared results from an in-depth, wide-ranging survey of Jews in the greater New York area. They looked into a number of topics from poverty to religious observance to substance abuse. Two specific points I'll highlight this morning. First, they found that one in five adults in Jewish homes, one in five, experienced anxiety and or depression over the course of the pandemic. Second, the survey reported that feeling like part of the Jewish community is associated with a 25% reduction in an individual's odds of anxiety or depression. Attending Jewish programs reduced the chance of having anxiety or depression by about half. And similarly, attending religious services is associated with the likelihood of anxiety and or depression being reduced by 75%. Now, don't get me wrong. This is, of course, not to say that synagogue will cure your depression. (laughs) We don't know what's correlation or causation. Does coming to shul help with anxiety? Or are people who are experiencing these challenges just less likely to show up? Whatever the link, there's clearly some type of relationship between community connection and mental health. These conclusions might seem fairly intuitive. We've known this from the very beginning. Upon seeing the very first person in the world, God notes, Lo tov heyot adam levado, it's not good for a person to be alone. Our religious civilization is built upon the role of community. We pray together, we celebrate together, we mourn together. And of course, it's not only Jews who need community and relationship in our lives, all people do. In his recent book, Lost Connections, which explores both sources of and potential responses to anxiety and depression, the author Johann Hari sees this idea through an anthropological lens. He points out that in the earliest days of humanity, we were only able to survive because of how we work together. Therefore, it makes good biological sense that we might experience higher rates of anxiety and depression when we're lonely. Every human instinct, he writes, is honed not for life on your own, but for life in a tribe. It's no surprise then that those of us who are fortunate to consistently be part of a community might show greater signs of well-being. Briefly returning to the survey, it was also reported that respondents with no social network to depend on for help reported mental health problems at a rate five times higher than those with a meaningful social network of 10 or more persons. This data provides a particularly poignant focus on how challenging the past two plus years have been. No matter how nimbly we've pivoted for the umpteenth time, no matter how compelling our various Zoom offerings have been, there's still no substitute for, well, this. Being together, in person, sharing time, building relationships, and yes, celebrating together, mazel tov again, as a community. We've been scattered and we've only finally recently been able to consistently join together again. This challenge of finding our tribe, of knowing our place isn't a new one. 
There's a construct within our tradition that's touched on in this week's Parsha and explored in greater depth in last week's Parsha that offers a potential solution, inviting us to go one step deeper than enjoying the deep benefits of coming here to schmooze during Musaf, the Yovel, or Jubilee year. We've read about the seven-year cycle of Shemitah, the sabbatical year when the land needs to rest. And after seven Shemitah cycles, the fifth year is a Yovel, a Jubilee year. In this year, among others, there's a noteworthy commandment that all original, all land holdings return to their original owners. In Vayikra, Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 10, we're told, Vishavtem ish el achuzato ve'ish el mishpachto tashuvu. Each of you shall return to your holding, and each of you shall return to your family. In other words, wherever you've been, if you've sold your land, bought other land, whatever has happened, the Yovel year is a complete reset. The logistics of this would, of course, be complicated. I'm neither a farmer nor a land use attorney, so I'm limited in my understanding of exactly how this might work. I'd invite you instead to look at this from the vantage point of relationship and community. Everyone, every person, no matter who they are or what has happened over the years, has a place. And everyone has a right and an obligation to return to that place. What does it mean to return to your home? What would our world look like if each of us always truly knew that we had a place? That might feel complicated, Family isn't always easy, and in fact, for some of us, considering a return to family might be uncomfortable or even scary. So if your family of origin was not a place of safety, please envision this as a return to a place that does feel like home to you, whatever or wherever that may be. Yovel is the great equalizer, an ultimate reminder that we each have inherent value. We each have infinite worth with our own unique place as Rabbi Adin Steinsaltz wrote, each human being is put in charge of a certain portion of God's garden to work it and to keep it. Now, presumably, if you're coming back after 50 years or even, let's say, a little over two, you're a different person than you were when you left, and it's still your portion. This concept calls to us to ensure that we establish and sustain our homes to ensure that our communities are welcoming spaces, that we appreciate and honor people for who they are, wherever they've been, whatever they're experiencing. I'm offering these thoughts specifically today, since May is Mental Health Awareness Month. To briefly explore that phrase, I'll offer three important reflections specifically about mental health. First, mental health is health. Our physical health impacts our mental health. Our mental wellness informs our spiritual connection. It's not so easy to tease apart one from the other. It can even be counterproductive and unhelpful to take an isolated uh, or siloed perspective on our wellness rather than an integrated one. Second, health and wellness is a spectrum, not a binary. Just like most of us are in neither perfect physical health nor completely lacking it, so too with our mental health. Many of us, fortunately, though if the survey is any indication, no more than roughly 80%, have a moderate to pretty good state of mental health, 
which still requires attention and maintenance just like our physical health does. And as with physical health as well, there may be times when we're less well, and we can then hopefully find strategies to address that need. Third, while it's true that perhaps synagogue life might be one component of those strategies, being in community, being in relationship isn't a cure-all. Doctors, professional practitioners can be vital resources. It's important to have an accurate sense of what you're experiencing to address an issue that may very well and often is multifaceted. No amount of community building or resource development or loving, caring relationships fully eliminates the possibility of tragedies occurring. They have happened, even in situations where families and friends and communities have done everything they possibly could. All we can do, what we must do, is support each other and care for each other to minimize that possibility and to hold each other if and when, God forbid, a tragedy does occur. So what are we supposed to do? How could we get to a place where we can both create and be a part of this type of community? The Ishbitzer Rebbe, the Me'ashiloach, offered a counterintuitive approach in his teachings on cycles of Shemitah and Yovel, the sabbatical and jubilee years. He points out that first we actually need that Shemitah year when the land rests, and then we can have the jubilee year when we all return. First, we need to release. We need to let go. And only then can we go back to our place and return home. It might seem unhelpful. What does one have to do with the other? I'll remind you, and myself, since I forget this sometimes, so much in life is out of our control. And in that case, it can be easy to get stuck, to grasp, to try to gain perceived control. And at least for me, when I get into that pattern, I can get lost within myself instead of connecting with others or reaching out for help. As I read in another study I looked at, isolation is both a cause of mental unwellness and a response to it. What the Ishbitzer Rebbe succinctly and wisely guides us to is a simple two-step plan. First, let go. And second, return. Let go and return. That plan can help us to reconnect. So much of our time in general, especially but not exclusively over the course of COVID, is lived reactively, navigating whatever the current moment throws at us. But Yovel is something that happens over decades, not days. Communities are built and sustained over the long term. This is a push for us to consider how to create spaces and how to build them proactively with intention, how we can sustain the ways in which we help people feel at home, to seek out the ways in which we can do that even better than we already do. This is a complicated, potentially, potentially fraught topic. If you're hearing something that you find challenging or uncomfortable, I hope you'll reach out so that we can explore it together. Only through honest communication can we create the type of community I hope for. I don't know that I have words to describe what I was feeling on Tuesday after the tragedy in Texas. I felt so sad. I felt so scared. I don't think anything could have changed that. But I do know that having family and friends and colleagues that I could turn to for support and words of comfort and hugs, 
I could surrender the desire to just get through it and instead be in the moment in all that I was experiencing. This didn't eliminate the pain or the fear or the sadness, but it did help me to move through it. I'm under no illusion that this is always the case for me or for anyone, but it can help. It often does. Not always, but often, and often matters, especially in times when it feels like there's just so much to navigate. In the moments when you're struggling, with whatever it may be, sadness, stress, pain, please remember that you're not the only one experiencing that. You don't have to control it or deal with it alone. I hope you know that I'm here. You can come say hi, send an email, make a call, that we're here, all of us, so that you can reach out if and when you need it. Together, we can take a deep breath, let go, and return. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have any number of formal mental health diagnoses. After all, mental health challenges certainly aren't limited to just anxiety and depression. It's okay to just need to have a moment or two or three when things feel difficult and you need a little help. I've certainly been there. Through all of this, though, none of us are alone and we're here together. Being in community opens up the opportunity for all of us to let go a little bit and then to remember no matter what, you can return. You always, always have a home. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.